1: <sighs> yeah yeah you big know, was fan? almost late today
0: oh to this, i to i noticed like a little bit i was like damn big josh boy usually the early riser know, in here dude. he's always in here like 15 minutes early
1: and i'm like oh
0: i no. was uh
1: <laughs> i was doing my my shitty learning of the drums i'm just like playing and playing and then I, all of a sudden i was like what the fuck time is it it's 7 25 and i was like oh i gotta go <laughs> so i had to actually get ready i had like nothing set up I appreciate the fact that, like, you're... I'm not saying that
0: you're bad at the drums, but I appreciate the fact that, like, you're not kind of throwing up this smoke screen of you being good at the drums immediately. I feel like a lot of people act like when they pick up an instrument as an adult, oh, dude, I was fucking... I just started, like, shredding on this guitar. And I'm like, shut the fuck up, dude. You probably sound like dick. You can play, like, smoke on the water. Shut up. Like... I can nah, do you just
1: basic grooves and fills, uh, and it's like very slow, so I can actually hit the notes right. Uh, I tried to play with some other music, and I was like, "Nope, not ready for this shit." And so uh, it's just me practicing a bunch of different patterns. That's all it is. Are
0: grooves and fills drum terms?
1: Yeah. So a groove is okay. like a groove is like more more or less the pattern that keeps like repeating. That's like very similar, and then a fill will be something that's like in between okay all right did i ever tell you i had a
0: drum set when i was a kid
1: yeah did you ever actually yeah, play yeah. it or was it just there oh no. yeah that's what ever
0: <laughs> yeah my my brother's dad because i i'm not i'm not like an only child or anything um i have two half siblings uh both my brother and sister are from like another dude but uh my brother's dad like Bought my brother a guitar, and like he was super into guitar for a lot of his childhood, and then randomly just like hit middle school and high school, and was like, "Nah, boy, now I'm just super into the drug side of music." Nice. Nah, I'm just kidding, but nice. kind of. Um, so he's he got like rid of the guitar and everything, but that the same guy brought bought me like a drum set mm-hmm. and Damon my brother and I were like we tried to play music together but in reality it was just like fucking smashing shit it was yeah terrible. yeah 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 um but my nephews and niece like took a bunch of i honestly don't know what these toys were like it was these weird like interconnected pieces they they were Oh, it was, there's was just like these weird, like little plastic cylinders with brackets that I could make shit out of. Of course <laughs> I never did. I just made like weird looking swords and shit, but they took a bunch of those and just put it through this little hole. That was in my drum set in the big like kick drum. So every time you hit it, you'd hear them rattling around around. inside. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) it was great. It was great. I'm going to blame me not learning the drums on that and not on the fact that I was just too lazy and didn't give a shit about the drums.
1: It's, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, it it takes some practice. I've been uh, I've been doing it a couple of times, like every uh, I would say like every not every other day, but close to it. I'll play like for like an hour or a little bit longer depending on how much I want to. But it does get frustrating at times because I'll see a pattern and I'll be like, okay, like I've gotten to the point where I can read sheet music to uh, specific things like the hi-hat, the snare drum, the bass drum those specific ones I can always read and understand. And I'll know what I'm supposed to do and I'll be looking at it and I'll hit the drum in a different way than I was looking at it and I'll start playing something different and I'll be like, what the fuck am I doing? And I get so (laughs) mad because my body's just like, I know this one pattern by heart and it just always goes back to that. And I'm like, fuck, stop. And I get so mad, but whatever, I'll get there, I guess. Or I won't, I don't fucking know. Maybe I'll just uh, do this for a couple months and then be like, wow, I'm fucking shit still and then just give up. Do you think that like you're now understanding
0: how hard it is to pick up an instrument as an adult? Do you think when you have kids, you'll like try to instill like or or try to teach them, get them into like drum
1: lessons or like piano lessons and shit? As a kid, yeah, that's that's a great question because I was thinking about this from like my side as a kid. My dad tried to get me into like a few sports, a few like things, you know, like karate, like baseball, like a couple of things, and I was just a little bitch and I just did (laughs) not want to do anything. Like I was the type of kid that was like, nope, not fun, not into (laughs) it, and I just didn't. And I and he was, I guess there was a point where my dad was just like, all right, man, the kid doesn't want to do anything. I give up, and he just. (laughs) let me not have any activities and so part of me is like I hated when he would make me do things like baseball or go to other places because I was like this sucks I don't want to do this so at the same time like I don't want to force my kid to be in that situation because I know that I hated it but also growing up now I'm like man I wish someone would have pushed me to do something you know because like I could use a few more hobbies in my life I could use a few skills yeah. at this
0: point. Like I'm, I I really wish my dad and Cub Scouts didn't fucking whittle my shit for me. I wish I had to learn how to do that on my own. Yeah, that's another thing I hated.
1: I hated yeah. Cub Scouts.
0: Dude, it fucking sucks. I don't understand why people are into it. I'm like, unless the world ends, I'm not getting stuck in the wilderness, mofo. So, like, I don't need to know how to, like, I guess maybe in some random, some random event, I get fucking teleported. Some mana disaster, I get teleported to the other side of the earth and I need to be able to read a map. But other than that, you know. I'm not going anywhere. I don't need maps. I got fucking Google Maps. I'm a, I'm that right. little technological bitch who's just like, why learn it when there's technology? And then yeah. I'll be fucked. I just second, need to know the technology. The,
1: it's fine. Yeah,
0: exactly. This second, any sort of like technology does me wrong. Like I'm the guy like Michael Scott. I will drive into a lake. You know, like for <laughs> real. That's
1: it. I was like, this <laughs> and, where I go.
0: Yeah, it's just. It said right turn. This a right turn. Like, what? What do you mean exactly? But, dude. Okay, so my dad, uh, my mom and dad had me do baseball. Cause my brother was also like really into baseball. Yep. My brother and I are of a similar age. He's a few years older. I'm the youngest, but my sister is much older than us. So basically we did nothing together. Um, but my brother and I, since we were so close in age, anything that one of us did, the other had to do. I never right. did anything. So I just had to do everything he did, but, um, <laughs> he got into baseball. <laughs> so, I had to be in baseball and I was an accidental terror for real. Like the other teammates, my teammates got so fucked up by me and it was an accident. Like, I don't even know how it happened. It was just one season of baseball. And I never again. Oh, yeah, dude. I fucking drilled somebody, like, right in the face with a baseball, like, the first day. The first day. Because we were all, like, tossing around the baseball and everything. We're basically just playing catch. Whatever. Um, and... For some reason, I, like, okay, so I go, I throw the ball. My teammate's looking, like, right at it. He's getting under it, whatever. And then that was when the coach was like, hey focus up and then of course as a child you don't think about it so, he so just they just away? like turned and <laughs> <away>. <laughs> it, it just like fucking hit him oh in the head God. and well, i was like you know what i don't honestly think that's i don't see how that was my fault i don't think but that's yeah. your fault
1: at all that kid needs to pay attention if there's a ball see, here's in your the face, thing you gotta look out
0: neither of these instances i would say are my fault because it was just like Shit happened. Okay. The second thing that happened and luckily was on the two things, but like guaranteed these peeps, like I'm wondering if I just, if I actually wanted to stop playing baseball or if they were just afraid I was going to start actually murdering children. So they were just like, you know what? He just can't play, you know, get
1: get him off the field.
0: Yeah, we're done. He sucks anyway. Like whatever. So I, I was practicing batting and they're like, we actually played on like, real baseball diamonds at a high school and they're like these little kind of practice batting cages and i was like i want to practice because i fucking suck at baseball (laughs) and i'm sitting there practicing with like a baseball in this little batting cage and everything and i a kid just like one of my other teammates just walked up behind me all casually while i'm doing this And apparently just got a little bit too close. And while I was swinging the bat and like basically just following through, I smashed his fucking nose with this bat and like fucked him up to the, point. like his nose was broken. I felt so bad about it. Like they had to, I guess, rush him to a hospital. I don't really know if that's what you do with a broken nose, but like. (laughs) initially i felt so bad about it but later in life i was like that was so his fault why was he there (laughs) yeah like i don't understand what it doesn't make any sense like i felt so bad about it for so long and then i was just like idiot like for real that was 100 percent his fault
1: you know but yeah yeah that's that's why that's why i don't play baseball and that's why, uh, that's why you don't want to let your kids play it either. Cause they'll, uh, they'll murder people or they'll get murdered by someone like you, you know,
0: dude, maybe this is part of my unconventional superpower where I break everything. It's like, dude, Ooh, maybe that's it. Maybe part of my superpower is also like, I guess just convincing people like, I don't know, with subtle telepathy that they should stop paying attention to fly balls, or they should just get really close to me while I'm batting. You know, like yeah. I just subconsciously putting people in positions where I could fuck them up. You
1: know, it sounds right. It sounds right. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I've had a similar situation with that. Uh, not really. With, not with baseball, but we in high school we had this one uh, in gym we had to do in ninth grade. A uh, like kind of like cheerleader type, type thing i, I forget what the actual word for it is but it was like the you would have people cheering and people like make little like human pyramids and we had to do like a whole thing for ninth grade where we had to create a squad and create this little cheer thing and have people jump on top of each other and create human pyramids and doing somersaults and blah blah blah, blah. so we're practicing right and we're practicing this one skit skit is not the right word for it practicing this one move where it's two people that are it's like a row of a bunch of people and it's two people facing each other and they roll towards each other and then get up and like do something that sounds and, like a bad idea just and to begin dude with. it was a bad idea because <laughs> we rolled forward and the only ones who connected were me and this girl and i destroyed her face dude <laughs> My big ass forehead smashed into her teeth and it she had to have like actual like dentist like work done because her mouth was just like destroyed ever since. And then and then they were like, "Okay, you don't have to do anything anymore to her. And I was like, I don't want to do anything either. I just killed a girl like I don't want to do it. And the teacher was like, no, you have to do it still. And I was like, the fuck I do. I don't want to do this anymore. I literally just put someone like out of commission. It was the, it was so bad, dude. And to top it all off, I had a crush on the girl and I was like, well, I can't Ooh. fucking ask her out now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're done. Like, <laughs> oh, but that would be a great first date topic. You're like, but like, can you pop your teeth out now? Like are they false teeth. The, is that, is that too crazy to ask? Like I for real, could you pop, pop them out now?
1: So bad, dude. It was an awful experience. So that day though, they learned a, a good lesson. No one rolls towards each other now in that class. Yeah,
0: that immediately sounds like a dumb fucking idea. Like, I don't understand why that was part of oh, this fucking routine. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Also, I feel like Josh might be dancing around
1: the fact that, like, he was definitely
0: a cheerleader and just doesn't want to tell
1: us. No, but it whatever. was something <laughs> everyone had to do in ninth grade at my high school. It was like a weird routine thing. I honestly, okay. So in my high school, I I guess in
0: high school is really when you start to, you get the chance to like really pick your classes because they did a little bit in like middle school in Idaho, but in high school, we also got to pick like what phys ed classes and stuff we did. So initially I took like a cardio class because I was always a fairly good runner. Like I did cross country and track, wow. but can you guess what kind of a class that I would take when given the chance?
1: Mm, I mean, it would be something either nerdy or something really lazy.
0: Oh yes, it was very lazy, big, <laughs> big Joshua. It was absolutely lazy. Like if they had fencing, for sure. Like fencing or archery. Like let's bring some dope ass like Japanese shit over here. I wanna, I wanna shoot a bow. You know, on. As we're talking about me accidentally fucking people up, I would have definitely yeah. killed somebody if I had an <laughs> yeah, archery class. Dude, maybe but, not. <laughs> for sure they'd be dead. But I uh I took a fitness walking class like Hell in high yeah, school. Yeah. Yeah, that's
1: what I'm talking about. It was awesome. About.
0: Here's the thing though. I uh, way worse than I thought it was going to be. It was not just like casual walking. It was all about like power walking and doing the like perfect form and everything.
1: And I was like, nice, this dude. fucking sucks. Did they, take and you'd you, get... did they take you on field trips to like the mall to hang out with all the old people? No, I wish oh, that would have been, been sweet. Great. No,
0: <laughs> we just had to like walk down the street and shit. And I was like, this oh, fucking sucks. We had to wear pedometers all the time. And of course everybody's just like, fucking jerking off that little pedometer that trying is, to get them steps that, in. that, twice
1: in a row that you're doing that uh, hand movement?
0: But nobody saw the first one. That's You true. know? That's true. it was That's definitely a part I'm going to cut out of that episode. So yeah, Don't yeah, you yeah. worry, me, Josh Boy. Speaking of the episode, hello and welcome to IndiePod, an indie games podcast, your weekly source for all the indie games news you need to know. This week, we are bringing you two awesome indie game news stories before, of course, hopping in to News talking about our indie shoutouts, answering your list Your questions and that's it because you know what you get enough of our time as is like we love you we appreciate you but fuck off kindly
1: you know what i mean just like kindly i'm done you know whatever (laughs) is that was that our longest intro i feel like that ran on way too long that was like a solid 15 minutes yeah that's like way too
0: long (laughs) so it's a good one i feel like
1: this happens anytime that i look at the doc and i'm like I don't feel like this will be a long episode. We don't have that much going on here. And I'll always tell it to my wife. And then I'll be like 30 minutes over and she'll be like, what the hell happened? And I'll be like, <laughs> uh, I don't know. We just kept talking. I wonder if it's like a subconscious thing. Because there are times when like if it's a
0: stacked week, I don't consciously think like, hey, maybe I should limit this story.
1: But like, no, it just ends up happening. I guess. I always worry, though, because I'm like, who? what audience are we catering to? Are we catering to people who really like indie games or just who really like our bullshit? Dude, that's that's why we need Wang
0: Slang. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's true. why we just gotta start that. Cause, bro, I feel like a decent amount of our audience are here for the bullshit. Let's be real. <laughs> Considering our only question for this week, well, that's cause I fucked up the tweet. I should have sent it out earlier, but things happened. Um life. Yeah, life happened. Adult life happened. But yeah, I fucked up the tweet. Our only question for this week is just asking basically why I'm such an old turd in a young man's body, which is like, I can't wait to think about that for an hour because I really have no idea. I feel like I'm just going to blame it on my parents, like for real, but I don't know. What a psychologist. You know? It's whatever. Before we get into any of that, I would like to introduce myself, Vaughn Hyde, alongside my amazing co-host, the biggest of average Josh boys. How
1: are you doing today, big Josh boy? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I won't bullshit so much because we already did a bunch of that, so let's just dive into it. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, so a little bit
0: of housekeeping before we get into anything that we've been playing. Please check out our new developer interview. Uh, It is with Flying Squirrel Entertainment. They are talking about their game, Battle Cry of Freedom. Mm -hmm. That one is going to go live on Wednesday, February 23rd, of course, each and every Wednesday. You can check out a dope developer interview by that there, Big Josh boy. Post them all the time. They're sweet. Listen to them. They They do. Why you're just, I guess, in your browser, Why well, just, like, throw up in my mouth a little yeah, bit, pretty uh, gross. head over to Teespring and check out the IndiePod store. We've got t-shirts, we've got hoodies, we have stickers, maybe other things eventually some point in time Feedbags, in my life, baby. whatever.
1: Where them feed bags yeah, at? Yeah, dude,
0: where them feedbacks at, you know? Like, if we ever put a plush, gotta be a cock and balls. Head over to YouTube, <laughs> just type in IndiePod. that would be great. Easy It'd be us. my,
1: both of our faces <laughs> on the balls. <laughs>
0: it's good stuff these are good oh. just primo merch ideas that I don't know if Teespring can actually like I, I don't know I if don't, we can do that with Teespring you I know I don't think so something they tells barely me they're not let me mass, fucking
1: make hats something like, tells you they're not mass producing uh, penis and plushies <laughs>
0: Uh, head over to YouTube. Just type in IndiePod. Super easy to find us, and you can watch these episodes instead of just listening to them. Because sometimes there's a visual gag or two. Leave us reviews on any site in which you could do so, specifically iTunes and Spotify. I just, I'm just not used to the Spotify. You know what I mean? Okay. And lastly. Thank you so much to all of our amazing patrons at the $3 tier or higher. If you give us any amount of money or any amount of your time, we absolutely love you and appreciate you, but we got to thank those $3 tiers. So thank you, one, to our new patron, Surreal Sc. You're also in our Discord. Don't you worry, I bumped you up to that patron tier so you get the extra little bit of chats and such. Pretty sweet,
1: if plus, I say so myself. Plus, you could be a part of the uh, Indie Game Book Club.
0: Yeah, for Infernax, Big Josh Boy already doing that homework. And uh, I'm so glad that at the end of last week's show, he was like, ooh, boy, you are not going to like this game. And I was like, sweet, another one that I'm just going to hate. That's that's you might, awesome. You might, you might enjoy it. You might enjoy it. I'm, it's possible. I've heard it's real fleshy, and I'm not a fan of body horror, so it's like, ooh. It's...
1: I mean, yeah, but it's pixelated, so it's not like that bad. But there are parts where it'll just, it'll get real gross if you use your okay. imagination All right. All right. Uh, as right. to what it could look like. But that's uh, not <laughs> that bad.
0: Okay, so thank you so much to our new patrons, SurrealSC, Ryan, Ethan, a gamer for fun, John, it's just John, bro. Zach Durham, Chase Hopkins, Philip French, other one better emperor of Australia, and Sam Fillion from... Canada, Thank you all so much. You are all so amazing. And Big Joshua Boy, you are playing Infernax by Berserk Studio. Please tell me about it. Tell me why I'm going to hate it. How fleshy is it? Is it gross? You know, that's
1: really what I want to know. Oh, yeah. It's got all of that. All that good okay, stuff. Okay, so I'm not okay, gonna okay. I'm not gonna talk too much about it. I am just gonna talk a little bit about it because like I said, we do have the book club where if you are a patron, you can play the game with us, send in your audio clips, and we'll have a big uh discussion with all of you. It's a, a fun time to be had. But that being said, I did want to just say that I am playing it. And for people out there who are Castlevania fans, they definitely should check this one out. Um I'm I'm actually having a lot of fun with it. I'm I think, I think there's like five major bosses and possibly like one after that based on how the game is set up. So I'm three out of those five first major bosses to open like a door that'll probably then be a, a major boss. Um, it is very much Castlevania, but with RPG elements of like... Anytime you're killing people, anytime you're uh, collecting gold, you're able to buy new armor, new spells. You're able to upgrade your health, your mana, or your damage that you do. And there's also these little side quests where you walk around, you talk to people, and they'll tell you, like, oh, I need you to do XYZ, and it'll trigger, like... Something that happens in the game where when you walk over a certain bridge, there's bandits that attack you where you go over to a certain area at nighttime because there's a night and day cycle where enemies are tougher at night. Uh, You know, you go over to this one guy who's like, oh, he's making like certain uh, hints at the fact that uh at night something crazy happens and you're like i don't know what that means you walk away and you go back to that same area at nighttime and he turns into a werewolf and you have to fight him um so you know little things Wait, like can that you become a werewolf though you cannot become a werewolf that escape no, no. fucking sucks i don't cannot play cannot stupid. well you have to because you know what you have to talk about it um but that being said i like it i'm very much enjoying it i do like that there is uh, choices in this game where you can either play on, at like the side of evil or good. There's like the ability to slay people or spare them in certain situations. Although I've heard there's like five endings. They're, like yeah. there's supposed to be like a very good
0: ending, a good ending, like a neutral kind of ending, a bad and a very bad ending.
1: Yeah. So I like I said I haven't gotten that far, so I don't really know what any of the endings look like, but. I am a big sucker for games that do this, even though I usually only play it once. And then I'm like, let me YouTube it to see what it's like. But I still (laughs) really enjoy having that experience that feels very much mine as opposed to it's everyone's experience. Right. Um, But that being said, that's all I really want to talk about it. Uh, If you're a Castlevania fan or like old school game lover uh, that, you know, it has some kind of new aged elements to it, a little bit of sprucing up. Uh, One thing that I will say right before, not a fan of how much you have to backtrack. And I was really pissed about it. And then about halfway through, they're like, here's a spell to travel around. And I was like, bitch, give me that earlier in the game. I don't want (laughs) to be walking around all the time. That being said, good game. Um, The next one that I wanted to talk about, though, is Tiny Kin. Uh, So, And the real reason that I'm talking about this one is because uh, Tiny build. The publisher reaches out to people. We're on some email list where they reach out to us and they'll end up giving us usually like uh, free games to talk about their their stuff or to just mention different news things that are happening. Uh, And this was actually a game that I started playing because they had the demo out early. The demo is out today at the day that we're recording this and is available for anyone who wants to play it. Um, because what's happening right now is the Steam uh, Next Fest, which is always super awesome. I love that Steam is starting to do this on a much more regular cadence um, where out of nowhere, their Steam is just like, hey, we got a ton of demos from all these games and you should play them. And so that is basically my time to say like, hey, people should play this game. And all these other games, because there's a ton of cool demos out there. Tinykin specifically, though, to talk about it is definitely up my alley because it very much is a like it feels like an old school 3D platformer type game, but it has Paper Mario looking aesthetics where your character is kind of 2D and like flaps back and forth as they're walking, which I just I love the art style to that. And at the same time, also has Pikmin mechanics. Because okay, that's what I was gonna ask. Yeah. I throw I see him just like fucking
0: hucking Toss, these little things. Yeah, he's
1: tossing these little creatures because it's very much Pikmin-esque where you have these you're, you're doing a bunch of platforming, you're doing a bunch of collectathons, you're then also grabbing these specific types of creatures that you're throwing to either push objects, pick up objects and move them, blow them up and and destroy other objects, uh, and just going through this environment that is you, you're like, you crash landed on this planet, but you seem to be just in someone's house. And so you're just walking around and there's all these very strange creatures. There's like these shield bug people. There are these tiny little like alien people that you're following. Okay.
0: I think you need to you need to rephrase that. There's a bunch of bug boys, okay? There's like there's a bunch of bug boys. There is. You gotta put respect on their names.
1: There's a bunch of bug boys. Yeah. There's a ton of them. And uh I honestly had a lot of fun with it. I'm uh, I played about an hour or so. Um, I think the demo might go longer because it's kind of long because it's like one big area and it is very much a collectathon in some cases. But there's also places where you have to just solve puzzles of like go over here and do something with those little Pikmin characters to then have them carry something to a different section. You have to talk to these people who will give you like little quests that they'll uh send you somewhere to find an object or to help someone out by carrying something to something somewhat of a fetch quest but like it still reminds me of just the old school like good 3d platforms like banjo kazooie type games um and i i'm looking forward to more uh i don't think i'll play any more of the demo but when it comes out it's definitely on my watch um and probably what's coming next week from, you know, an update on me of what I'm playing is probably just going to be a bunch of these demos because I love Steam Next Fest. I love having all these cool demos to check out and probably uh, end up being people that I just ask for interviews. So who knows? It always works. Okay. Okay.
0: I really like the aesthetic of this game. It looks so fucking cool. Tinykin looks awesome. Uh, By the way, the developer is Splash Team. Thank you. Thank you. I
1: forgot to mention that.
0: Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of like collectathon games. Mm-hmm. Um but honestly, like the the just overall art style, like that that like you said, kind of Paper Mario esque art style makes me just really interested in this. And it's I don't know, it's just so cartoony. Like the characters remind yeah. me so much of these nineties cartoons and the, the world, like the idea of being this like tiny character like fucking uh i i don't know exactly how to explain it it just reminds me so much of i think it's like the secret life of our is the studio ghibli film mm. um but it reminds me so much of like the old fucking toy story game i played as a kid where yeah. you're just like buzz light you're running around doing fucking toy shit like it it looks dope
1: it gives me a lot of paper mario pikmin and chibi robo vibes and pikmin not as much because pikmin i think is fun but it it was never like this is my game but paper mario for the aesthetic and chibi robo i love those games and i'm not talking about the shitty ds version ones i'm talking about the original on the gamecube (laughs) it's the only one i've played is like a little bit of ziplash on the fucking 3ds such a different (laughs) game it's not at all chibi robo
0: all right, all right. Well, that is uh, Tiny Kin by Splash Team and Big, jo- Big Josh Boy also talked about Infernax from Berserk Studio. Uh, for me this week, I haven't been playing any indie games. I've just this been guy. on my shit. I fucking beat Ghost of Tsushima. And I was like, bro, this is just, you know... I was like, this is, I haven't had enough open world video games. I played like just shy of a hundred hours of Dragon Age Inquisition. That shit was a slog. And then I was like, you know what? Let's just hop into Ghost of Tsushima because I love me some samurai boys. And that was dope, but nearing the fucking 30th hour of that shit. I was like, oh my God, can I just not? Like, I'm kind of done. End up finishing that, and I'm like, what would make this just even better? You know, what would finish off this trio of like, holy shit, there's too much stuff to do in this world? Why not play Horizon Zero Dawn? Let's get into that.
1: So, yeah, I'm, and I'm not playing even, that. not even the new one either. So now you're going to have to play no. the second one, which is just going to yeah. be that uh, that fourth cherry on the top. So here's what I think I'm going to do. I was oh, telling Chase about
0: this today. I went and saw the Uncharted movie, and it's fun. That's what I'll say. Um, it's not good, not terrible. It's fun. So whatever. Um, but it made me actually want to play the Uncharted games again. So was like, oh you know what I'll do? I will. I'm not going to play all of them in sequence. What I'm going to do is, after I play Horizon Zero Dawn... I'm going to hop into Uncharted for a palate cleanser. I'm going to play, I believe it's uh, Drake's Deception is the first game. I'm going to play that bad boy and then I'll hop into whatever I want to play next. And I'm just going to, I'm going to try to like have these nice little narrative, like pulpy games in between what is inevitably going to be these fucking gigantic open world video games. I'm getting open world fatigue and I've only played like three. I don't know how fucking
1: games journalists do this bullshit. I, it's it's I getting never. ridiculous. It's it's honestly like the more I think about it, um, I'm kind of glad that I didn't have the drive or like actually get into doing this kind of stuff until later in life when I had already established an actual career, because I have no interest, like especially when I've played a game that's that long i'm usually like i'm fucking done like i don't want to talk about this like yeah i've experienced it i don't want to like i that's one of the reasons why i love indie games and what we talk about on these shows is because it's like usually a five-hour experience where i'm like yeah it was a nice concise package it was really great and i could talk about whatever blah blah, blah. but if i had to play like a 50-hour game and be like oh where do i fucking begin like <laughs> it's too much if anything, the saltiness is what brings people in. Though, let's be real, That's everybody's true. about That's the true. controversy. Well, so. you want controversy? I hate Uncharted. Really? I do not. Why like are you that such series. a dumb bitch, dude? I d- <laughs> like, <laughs> I thought it was boring. I just did. I like. I played through the first one, and I was like, okay, I guess. It's How kinda, many of them have you played? I played through the first one, and then I tried to go through the second one, and I was like, this is just more of the same shit. And I was like, no, yeah. thank you. Yeah, it's it it it's
0: not for everyone. I guess I'll say that. Like I I really do enjoy it. I'm a big like treasure hunting guy. I'm I'm a big fan of those stories in general, like fucking fool's gold sahara like yeah like that's the thing is i just didn't i
1: didn't get sucked into the story and like that's the game like if you don't like the story like the gameplay is not nothing to write home about it's not like it's groundbreaking it's like you traverse from one area you shoot a couple guys and then you get to your present which is story And it's like yeah, it's like Mass Effect Two, but worse, and with quick time events. Like that's that's what the combat gameplay of Uncharted is. And if you don't want the gift, which is the story, (laughs) then you're literally just being like, "Great, I'm just forcing myself to get something I really hate."
0: Yeah hey like, if you don't like them you don't like them that's cool Did, ha, have you played
1: like the last of us or anything or you just so I played the I last guess, like maybe the last of us story the story movie. that's because okay. the last of us I had the same thing where if you're talking about like gameplay for the last of us I liked it to about half of it and then I was like I'm done with this game I just want the story and I played through it to just get the story. <laughs>
0: I mean, I do love that like it seems like specifically with The Last of Us, but basically any game that includes stealth, I feel like initially I'm very stealthy. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get through this. Nobody's going to see me or whatever. And then like after 10 hours, I'm like fucking sick of it. And I just start like fucking people up and i'm like i get this combat i understand how it works it's not hard i'm just going to obliterate you all and that's like what happened with ghost of tsushima where i was like i want to be stealthy but like what if i just cut these people apart for real i know
1: i have the same the same attitude towards stealth games where i like them but I will try to play as stealthy as I can until about a certain point where I just snap and I'm like, I just got to get through this. I just got to kill them yeah. and figure yeah, out a way guys. to get over this. All right, well,
0: we have, uh, I guess, deliberated. I don't really know long enough, so let's hop into our main news stories. Our first news story, actually, both of them are over on IGN. This one, oh shit, they're both written by the same guy. Oh my ah! God. Ryan Dinsdale, you're just working so hard. I appreciate you. No man. They write, Sean Murray says No Man's Sky isn't finished by a long shot. Uh, No Man's Sky creator Sean Murray says his galaxy-spanning sandbox isn't close to being finished despite receiving its 19th major
1: update today. That's insane. Fuck off. Can we just take a second? What? How is it not far from over? How is it not already over?
0: Yeah, it like doesn't, okay, here's the thing that's so crazy, though, is that like so what many developers talk model? about, I don't know. Yeah, that's like, why it's crazy You to gotta me. wonder how many people have bought No Man's Sky initially and got like burned on it. Like, how much money did you make? I would assume a lot. Are they still making
1: a lot of money? Like, I I mean, it did just come to the Switch, so maybe they're going to get, like, a big boost. But Yeah, and they also, like,
0: they don't... You don't buy the updates, but you do... They did increase the... I believe the game is, like, $60 still. Like, it's it's a big package. Like, once they released the Atlas Rising update, they increased its price point, so they they're yeah. probably like and and it's since it's continually being updated it's basically a game's a service but like let's be honest gets more content updates than those do for
1: it's, sure
0: it's still definitely just, like a lot of players
1: purchasing the game it still just blows my mind because it's like if this was a paid like subscription model i'd be like this makes sense They're an MMO of sorts and they're just continually going and they have their revenue model based on uh, a a very concise, always persistent stream. Whereas this is like they could be working for 20 more patches, whatever that might be, and they might never sell another thing again. Yeah,
0: yeah. I don't don't know. Like, it's weird because they don't like have you pay for any of the major updates, which like, um... I believe it's, like, Dodge Roll and... Evil, not Dodge Roll. Um, fuck, I always forget the other one. But Evil Empire that work on uh, Dead Cells, they constantly update it. But at least for the major releases, they you have to pay for that DLC. Like, the mm-hmm. Bad C DLC and, like, the the upcoming one. I forget, what like, all of their names. But, like, you have to pay for those big expansions versus No Man's Sky. For the most part, you don't. Like, I believe they might have had Atlas Rising be a um, or like frontier. I can't remember. I, I believe they had a, at the very least, one of them was a paid DLC, but everything other than that has been basically just like free updates. But moving on, uh, speaking Taijian, Murray said the team at hello games is continuously coming up with new features. They'd like to add to no man's sky and each new update inspires more and more ideas. He said, "For uh, as many updates as we've done since launch, and as many bucket list items we've checked off, our list of things we're excited about never seems to get any shorter. The team, uh, this is the team, are but the team is always coming up with new things that they want to do with the game, new content, features, and areas of improve or for improvement. I'm amazed that the energy levels are so high now, as they are are." as high now as they've ever been. We tend not to talk about what's on uh, that list publicly, but suffice to say, we're not done yet by a long shot. Murray explained its roadmap and development schedule as similar to a painting that never quite seems complete. Uh, I like, I like to think of no man's sky is, uh, is such a large game that we have to paint in broad brush strokes. He said, and then each update comes along and fills in some finer detail, but also paints more new broad brush strokes. Uh, that's certainly the case here. If you look at our patch notes for the Sentinel update, which is, we'll talk about that in news cram, uh, you'll see an absolute ton of refinements, but also huge new features too. Hello games is also working on like their early in development for another game. I do love that. This is like in here too, where they're like, they say it's a big game, but like they understand that they shouldn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they're, they're not going to hopefully not going to make the same mistake they made with, no Man's Sky. I feel like which they've learned their lesson. I will also say, just don't have Sean Murray talk about it. Like, when you're ready, put him in a closet, like, far away. Yeah. Get somebody else in front of the mic. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> yeah. I agree. I agree. Because they uh, don't want to... Because, honestly, like, do you think that No Man's Sky would have been the same game if it didn't have that reaction? Right? Like... What no. I mean by that, uh, and obviously you already gave no, but like what I mean by that to go a little bit deeper is like, do you think it would have one continued to be uh supported as long as it's gone on? And two, if it was, do you think it would still be with this same free model where they're not charging for any of this DLC?
0: No, not at all. Yeah. I I honestly feel like I I think initially, um, I don't think there would have been... To answer your first question, I don't think there would have been 19 major updates, honestly. Right. Like, I feel like a lot of these probably have something to do with kind of getting to that vision that they initially wanted that yeah. those things they promised, like bringing in the multiplayer, having this like really widespread and kind of almost wacky universe. Like some of these fucking procedurally generated monsters they have on here are creepy as shit. Yeah. But like, I don't think these nine, these 19 updates would have happened of course, because a lot of this would have already been in the game. Um, True. but also True. like, I feel like without the controversy, they wouldn't have had something to make up for that. They would had to like put their nose to the grindstone and really develop a lot of new content to make up for to get people into this game that were formerly burnt. So I don't think we would have seen the 19 major updates. And if we did, I think they absolutely would have been paid for because otherwise I don't think people would pay for this game. Like, I don't think people would pay for them, honestly, yeah. um, which sounds bad, but it's majorly it. it's mainly based on that bad taste in people's mouths mm-hmm. where like mm-hmm. I purchased No Man's Sky. I would not purchase these major updates mainly because I don't play it that much. But like being a person, like if I was burnt by this, but slowly like, became okay with it. Or like, even if it, I guess if it initially was good, I probably would have paid for them. But outside of that, like, I don't think people were burned by this. Even if they come back, we'll be willing to give any more money. Cause sadly, I, I'm pretty confident in saying a lot of people probably think that like these 19 major updates are what, what, they deserved when they paid $60. Like they probably think that like, because so many things were promised that th- these things were promised that that $60 entitles them to whatever is included in these 19 updates that they wouldn't be willing to pay. And then there's a lot of people who would see this shit and be like, nah, dude, hella beetle boys. Like, let's go. I'll yeah. pay for that. I mean, there's always going to be those people, right? Vaughn. Yeah. Me. But <laughs> no, not really yet. So to answer your question, yeah, it's, it's a little complicated, but I don't think that I, I don't think this game would have seen nearly
1: this amount of content if it didn't have that uh,
0: those initial issues and backlash.
1: It does make me nervous to some degree that they have so much planned when they're like, we're not even close to finished. But at the same time, they're like, we've got an even bigger project that's coming de- like down the pipe and it's like who's working on this who's working on everything what do you- well they obviously do have multiple teams cuz they
0: also did uh the last campfire and they've said that like that they have smaller, multiple teams that was smaller yeah much it was like three, group, three people or yeah, some shit like, like that like it it definitely wasn't the same size and like you have to wonder how many people are actually still working on no man's sky at hello games true but yeah i'm it- i'm not sure i wonder how many
1: I wonder how many employees they have, but go on. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. And and that's kind of where my head is at, too, is just because that makes the I mean, granted, they are updating really quick, like the the process for them to put out content. Seemingly, they're in a place where they're able to build off of whatever foundation they've built uh, quite rapidly. So I guess you might be right that like maybe it's a small team that's left on No Man's Sky and they have like all of their other people somewhere else. But it just seems really weird that they're so committed to that, but also they've got this huge new project that is potentially going to be something as big, if not bigger than No Man's Sky. You know, like one, my head kind of it, it's hard to wrap my head around what that would be because you're like, we created uni- the universe and they're like, we're going to do something bigger. And you're like, are you, you sure? Because like, what's bigger?
0: Yeah, they also have two different studios, which I didn't know about. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They have one. Uh, the majority of the studio is based in the historic prefecture town of Guildford in southeast England. And then um, I believe... Yeah, it's said that they... Yeah, they're spread across two sites hmm. in the United Kingdom. So, like, interesting. You have to assume that they have a decent amount of people. I can't find like this specific amount. They are. They also have some like vacancies right now for like I don't know eight different positions and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah. it's kind of interesting. I, they're also working on like Joe Danger. So. Right, I don't know. You would right. have to assume that they have enough people to both support No Man's Sky and develop whatever the
1: other thing is. But they also said it's early in development. So true. I but, wonder. Yeah, I wonder how long that's actually going to be in, in, you know, in the process before we ever hear anything about it. Hopefully for a hopefully long time, because long otherwise <laughs> yeah, people will get burnt out uh, again. Yeah. But like, it's interesting to think about how long we might be waiting for that.
0: Yeah, yeah, that is a good point. Um, So, on to our next news story, because Hello Games is interesting, but it's time to talk some shit. Uh, this one is also on IGN. Like I said, it's written by Ryan Dinsdale, uh, and it is Team 17 committed to changes after damning workplace report. So... Last week, we talked about how there were a lot of like allegations of sexual harassment, low pay, and poor treatment over mm-hmm. at Team17. It was reported by Eurogamer, but we, of course, used the IGN, like basically summation of everything, because let's be honest, that, that Eurogamer shit was probably really long. But Big Joss Boy checked it out. He gave us some of them insights. Uh, it's just like, I need that TLDR, and that's what IGN offers. <laughs> uh, but... This is like they actually did a follow up piece Eurogamer did on Team Seventeen, um, and they specifically spoke to I believe uh, the CEO Michael Pattison, I think, or maybe Michelle Pattison. I'm not exactly sure. Mm, I think it's it, Michael. it is a man it's though. Yeah, it's yeah I was like, I, I was like, I don't exactly know, um, <laughs> but. In a follow-up report that detailed the complaints, Eurogame revealed that a company-wide meeting was held during which Patterson uh, told staff that he was committed to taking action to build and maintain a better workplace culture. I'm just going to go through all this and then we could talk our shit. Uh, So one issue reported was Team 17's HR department being dismissive of any sexual harassment complaints put forward. And while Patterson Patterson said the studio had a zero tolerance policy for this, who's going to say that they tolerate this? like seriously who's not gonna say they have a zero tolerance policy no one is like oh yeah we have like a two percent tolerance policy where like oh it's cool like dave over there he's okay if you touch his balls like technically it's sexual harassment but like if you want to just give his balls a little fondle it's fine like everyone's yeah. a fan
1: i mean like dave no dave one's gonna say it. that it's fine <laughs> Yeah, he's
0: it's cool. Is that even harassment at that point? It's like, not. Dave's Dave consenting.
1: I mean, you know. Well, maybe Dave's harassing you. Is he telling you that you have to that's fondle his balls? Because that's that's not cool, Dave. That's a good point. Like, but if this, Dave is like, this... "Do you want to fondle my balls?" It's not. A, it's okay if you don't, because like I don't. You know. You know. If you want to do it, sure. Yeah. Like, but like you don't have to. <laughs> but like, if Dave has some power, right? See, that's where it gets tricky. Yeah. Because if Dave is your boss him, and he's like, "You don't have to," and they're like, "Oh, but I want that raise." And he's like, yeah, that's just
0: fucked up. Yeah, that's that's real fucked up. You know,
1: that's Dave's got a problem. uh, That's not cool.
0: My point is fucking like Dave over here. Like he nobody's going to acknowledge that two percent. You know what I mean? They have a zero tolerance policy at Team 17. Uh, He admitted that it was something it had uh, had to work on to create a safe space where people can bring things to our attention. Uh on the issue of low pay the terrible, I like how they put in quotes terrible and it's like okay. Like I don't know why you said like you could just say it's terrible. Like that's you could give your opinion. It's like twenty one thousand dollars a year. Admittedly I don't know how much I make a year, but I think it's more <laughs> than that. You so. should figure that out.
1: Do you not do your taxes?
0: <laughs> My wife is an accountant, so oh, like, she, she gets taxes. it. You know, she does. She does the taxes. So I true. luckily don't have to worry. You know what? I make. Don't say I make more than that. a year. OK, I, I mean, make easily more than that a year. So like. I don't exactly like I, I don't make a lot of money, but I make more than that a year. I feel like that's like a fucking McDonald's, like seven twenty five an hour wage like that's. Twenty one thousand is not much, you know what I mean. So like, we don't need the terrible in quotes. Let's just let's just fucking call it what it is, you know. It's true. Uh, But the twenty one thousand eight hundred USD salaries that some staff received would be uh, immediately reviewed, Patterson said, and other wages would be. elevated alongside industry benchmarks during the next annual review in April. These salaries were seen as uh, particularly insulting given that staff also found themselves overworked and Patterson admitted the studio was struggling and there were real problems there. I believe maybe the terrible is not the... the, Like, it's not Ryan. It's, like, possibly whoever they spoke to, whoever Eurogamer spoke to at the studio. So, like... I guess I shouldn't criticize,
1: but like, right. It's also, it's just, we
0: don't need these like, you know,
1: it's also $10 an hour
0: still fuck off. Like, come on, you know, with all the talks about a livable wage, like you can literally get hired. at Ma- you know what, actually you can get hired at McDonald's for $14 an hour right now. Like, yeah. and that's not even a joke. The labor mm-hmm. crisis is real. Like go work at McDonald's team, 17 employees. You can make more
1: you know that that is an interesting point like as as much as i feel for them i also am like man if i was making that little i would definitely find something better like i i I get that some people were like we really like the people that we're working with and you know strong like believing in that thing that you're doing but like you got to make enough money to live man and that's not enough yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily want
0: to, like, blame the victims in this because no, obviously for, it seems not. like of they were taken not. advantage of yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. with this, mainly because, like, it's also super fucked up that, like, in this same article, and I'll get to it in a second, the CEO talks about them being overworked because there are so many vacancies in this company, and it's like, then you'd think you'd learn to pay your pay employees a livable yeah. wage. Like, why are people like, leaving? It's probably because yeah. you're not paying them. <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, among other things, obviously, this is seems like kind of a butt place to work for. The shitty pay is also there. Like, what do you mean? Uh, so, yeah, obviously, they're not understanding this. But uh, he said, as we grow, there is always going to be an increasing need to sign potentially more titles or uh, refocus and sign higher quality titles with more commercial potential. And that's my focus. I'm trying to improve that ratio. I don't want to see us on a continual treadmill of just filling the pipe. Uh, and they also go on and say the high workload is weighed made worse by the Patterson, oh uh, by what Patterson called a short-term problem of team 17's 30 current job vacancies saying the developer has to be an attractive place Uh, for potential new employees to come, adding that we will get there. So it's like, obviously the first step to getting there is paying your current employees a livable wage to the point where they don't want to leave to work at McDonald's because they'll make more money. Like if I was in the gaming industry, if I was one of these QA people getting paid $21,000, I don't know necessarily if I would want to leave either because it is such a dope Thing to do it's like sure. oh i yeah. play video games for a living and it's like that's really interesting you're like i work for a video game developer i'm working in the industry that i love so i'm willing to accept a lower pay but this is what i mean is like team 17 obviously is taking advantage of that yeah and sure. being like yeah you obviously enjoy this enough like we'll pay you a lower wage you won't go to work at McDonald's where you'll make more money because you don't want to be part of the fast food industry. You want to be part of the games industry. It's just fucked up. Uh, He also briefly mentioned the studio's 24-hour U-turn on NFTs, which prompted staff to speak out after public backlash saving uh, by saying the move was totally outside the principles and values we have as a company. I mean, like, let's be real, though. And this is really where the shitting is going to start, is that, like, I guess something he didn't mention despite telling staff, I won't brush over anything that was said, which is hilarious, uh, was the complaints made by Team 17's group CEO, or made uh, of Team 17's group CEO, Debbie Bestwick, uh, who made allegedly who had allegedly made staff cry several times by slinging them out in meet or singling them out in meetings. Staff said that they're cautiously, uh, cautiously optimistic by whatever this person said. But like one thing that we talked about last week was this kind of like bullshit PR statement that they (laughs) gave. That's like, no way this is happening here because we have teams, we have like checks and balances and all sorts of stuff. And then literally just like the next week reading an article that's like, oh, yeah, we've got room to grow. Like, we definitely fucked up. We're going to check these things out. It's like, really? Like, I I have zero confidence in you doing this considering your initial standpoint was like, doesn't exist. Nah, fake news.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's hard because there's one side of the business that probably just wants to put out the fire. Yeah. And another side that wants to do something. And you're like, well, who's talking... Or ha- like who has the most weight in this and the most power to actually cause change. And you don't know that because you don't know the dynamics inside uh, of a company. I, I don't know, man, I think team 17, it's going to be an interesting road for them then in the next couple of months, because this is very much a make or break moment for a company, something like this. Like, cause obviously People in the industry and people from like, you know, the the larger population are probably not going to talk about this for that long. They're probably going to forget about yeah. it, just like they forget about everything, just like, you know, we we hate on someone one week and then we hate on someone the next. And that's just the way that we do things in social media world. And that doesn't matter. But what does matter is they have a ton of vacancies that are already in their company. They have people who are saying we are really upset and this is like enough is enough. And you're seeing that from, you know, the the games industry is, although there's a lot of opportunity when it comes to, you know, become an indie and make your own thing, when it comes to joining a company, like there's not as much in that regards. Like it's pretty, like, it's a pretty niche area. I feel like a lot of people usually travel from place to place when it comes to people in this industry. Um, And it should also be said that there is like, Uh, The labor crisis
0: isn't specifically to just like construction jobs or fast food workers and stuff in the United States. There's also labor shortages in games, in the games industry. That's why like recently Sony purchased Bungie and a large, like a, I think like a third of the money was actually just to hold the current talent. That was at the studio to like give them bonuses and offer them a financial incentive not to leave because so many people will just leave. Yeah, and this there's not a lot of people just taking jobs right now. It's it's really like a in a sense like a buyer's market here for sure in the games industry and just in general. Yeah, that's that's
1: what I was gonna say. Is this crisis is not specific to an industry? This is like a global thing like this is happening all over where people are uh you know i i literally as part of something that i did last year was my boss and i created a whole documentary around this of like people are leaving work to do whatever it is they really want like a lot of people are questioning you know this kind of shit like being treated like this or being in an industry that doesn't mean anything or being in a job that they don't find value in and leaving and sometimes that means people leave and just are not in the market. And so we're having this shortage because people are really trying to figure out like what they want. And the reason why I was talking about it before of like this is a make or break moment is like, people aren't gonna talk about this all the time, but if something comes up with an opportunity and someone's looking for a job, they're going to know about this. Like this is in a lot of areas and whether it's here because you know the games industry and you're like, oh, I read IGN or I listen to IndiePod. Um, or because this shit's going to be on Glassdoor, or it's going to be on other sites that act like people who are just looking at it from a business perspective of like, I need a job. If you don't look at those, like you're crazy. Like people go through sites where they have people that talk about all this shit. This shit is there. Now this shit is like public knowledge. And so you have to, as a company fix this, whether it's because you're a good person and you want your company to succeed or because you're just a shitty person who wants your company to succeed. Like, regardless, they have to do the right thing because they're kind of in a, uh, you know, this is like, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. you got to get this right. Otherwise, there's going to be people who leave and there's not going to be a lot of people who want to join you.
0: Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, so that is the end of our news stories. So it's time for us to hop into newscrime
1: I love how we always do this. We like, we've been doing this a, a little bit where we have these really serious conversations and then we'll do something stupid yeah. like that. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 It's always it's almost and. as if it's on purpose. You almost, know what I mean? Almost.
0: I wonder who does that. Uh Newscram is our weekly wrap-up segment where we're the host of IndiePod and Indie Games Podcast, crammy full of all sorts of indie games news. This week in Newscram, we don't have any quick news stories for you, or any new deals or quick steals. Of course, there's there's always shit on sale. Like the new deals and quick steals, kinda hard to do, right? I mean, I guess it's not hard to do, it's but it's not. like it's, but literally it's like- just go to the sales section of any like marketplace yeah there's a lot
1: it's you know it's tough because like most of the stuff is always going to be us saying the same thing it's like epic always has a free game you know uh every month amazon if you have a prime subscription you get free games uh deals of gold games of gold the playstation all sorts of shit they're always they're always the same
0: yeah but on to some new stuff. Our first item in new stuff comes by way of Nintendo Life, where it's reported that racing game Absolute Drift by Fun Selector Labs Inc. and Flippy Fly is getting a physical release on the Nintendo Switch through Serenity Forge with pre orders live at the time of this recording and an expected release window of Q4 2022. Specifically, they said after summer 2022, and I was like, so Q4? Like, that's what you're talking about like it's you could just say fall you know what i mean not just after summer but like okay nah. whatever well Mo- moving on uh Sometime now i've run after. ign where it's reported that No Man's Sky has just received yet another free update. This one titled Sentinel revamps combat, introduces new weapons like the Neutron Cannon, support tech like an active uh, camo device, and much more to the game. And lastly, over on Game Informer, it's reported that 8-bit action platformer Weaponeer by 17-year-old developer Parker Anderson is now available on Google Play, Itch.io, and PC via Vox Pops Games website. With 50% of the game's proceeds being donated to Able Gamers. Last week, you said you wanted to talk about that one a little bit, Big Josh Boy. Anything you want to hit on now?
1: Um, not exactly. I think this is a really cool story because one, I didn't know anything about Vox Pop Games, which I think is a cool little platform where it's, it's kind of like a storefront, but they're also trying to integrate the idea of, uh, essentially being like a PR system for both the developers and for individuals who just want to find games. So it's like working with specific streamers, specific influencers, and kind of trying to build a giant model. So it would be if steam had, a little bit more of directed impact into like who actually trying to pay attention to their games because steam cannot do that with millions of games that are just always on their system. But in Vox Pops' world, it would be, you know, those specific ones that they're curating, which I think is really cool. Um, and then it's just a super interesting game when it comes to ear because it's a game that can be played with one hand and, Its whole idea is around accessibility and 50% of those proceeds are going to, you know, a charity, an organization that is all about accessibility when it comes to games. So I think just the idea of this story in general is super cool. And I think people should check it out, especially if maybe you want to play a game that uh, you only need one hand for. Who knows why you might or uh, want it, but it's out there and it's for a good cause. So I'd say check it out. All right,
0: there you go. Time to move on
1: to our before indie shout-outs for this Before week. we do, Ooh, go, don't, don't, once, oh, go once, once again, once again, people, go to Steam and play some demos. All right, that's what you need to cram <laughs> on. Go to the next fest. It's happening right now. It's a cool thing. All right. Go find some indie games. Send us all of your your favorite games that you played. Do something. Send us something because we got no questions. We got no nothing. From you people. What's going on?
0: Ah, uh, this is just, huh? I fucked up, you know? What's going on? Like, nah, uh, you, these you, people you, should know. I can guarantee you, if, like, I sent out a tweet on Friday, Phil would have been like, hey, what uh, what color's your butthole? And I would have had to do, you know, a decent amount of research into my rectum. So, like, it's, yeah, it's, it's my fault, you know?
1: I mean, as much as I love that question, and as much as I love <laughs> Phil, um, I also think that there's probably people out there who can play some indie games and talk to us about oh, it. Oh, yeah.
0: It's possible. It's fi- you know,
1: both can exist in it's this
0: possible. world. <laughs> uh, so on to our indie game shout outs. This is where Big Josh Boy and I, we just pop around the indie industry and find something awesome to talk about. Uh, Josh... Yours is called Gray Block. I'll let you take it away.
1: Yeah, sure. So this actually is a game from uh, 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 someone I know. It is someone that I work with. Her husband created this game, and I thought it was super cool, so I wanted to give it a quick shout out. Gray Block is described as a third-person stealth adventure that asks the player to help Theo Church, uh, that's the character in the game, escape Green Valley Psychiatric Hospital. Um, So... It's funny that I mentioned that I'm like, I'm not crazy about stealth games. And once again, I'm not, but I'll play games if they have a good story. And as uh, as much as I probably wouldn't care for the gameplay elements that I see, I know there's a lot of people who like stealth games. And if this is more of your alley, then you probably would enjoy this. But I just really enjoy the idea of someone who is trapped inside uh, kind of like a psychiatric lockdown center who seemingly is not uh, necessarily in needs of it and is just stuck there. But then maybe maybe you do and you just don't know from the perspective of the player and like what the game is giving you. So maybe you're just a crazy jerk who is breaking out and you shouldn't be. Or maybe you're right. Like, I don't know. I have to play the game to find out. So I think it's interesting There's elements of it being, like, very dark and very uh, suspenseful, and that's what I'm more interested to. Uh, But if you like stealth games, maybe this is for you. Uh, The ways to find it is just Grayblock on Steam, uh, and their company Twitter um, is at SilverRat underscore BOS.
0: All right. You know what's hilarious? There was, like an indie developer interview like somebody reached out to you to do an interview i want to say that it was you know just like a couple months ago and you sent me the link to their steam page and you're like doesn't this look like a porn game like doesn't this look like it, it it's character models look like it, it's like one of those porn games this one and immediately like the second that i got on this one i was like this is what you'd see in a porn game <laughs> I I disagree. (laughs) Literally just the character models. Nothing else is like when
1: there are those like
0: there are certain character models where it's like, I have definitely seen this on X and XX. You know what I mean? I mean, it's
1: probably something because they're using like just free assets from Unity. Oh, yeah, like Unreal Engine assets. Yeah, yeah, something like that. But no, I do agree that uh, games can sometimes have that. I don't see that with this one, but like the one that I sent you the other time was so much worse, dude.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It was. Immediately, like the second I looked at it, I was like, oh yeah, I get it. Like, for real. Yeah. I, I understand. Definitely. Uh, so my indie shout-out for this week, I was actually just... Funny you bring up, like, Next Fest six times. Um, I was People need to do it! <laughs> <laughs> I was scrolling through Twitter, and I ended up coming across a game called Biogun. It is by, uh, I want to say, Dapper Dog Digital. I don't know why I acted like that. I was going to be so difficult to say. And then we're talking about how their game now has a demo within Next Fest. It is a... Side scrolling twin shooter or twin stick shooter where you play as a. It's kind of odd. Like you play as a vaccine inserted into a dog, but it's a pig based vaccine. So you play as like this little pig. Think like Osmosis Jones or like the fucking Anatomy Park episode of Rick and Morty. But like if you were a pig boy. And it honestly looks really, really cool. The thing that really got me into it and made me want to like check it out and i possibly might even play the demo for next fest because you know what big josh is just gonna rupture under that um is just that that idea like i'm of course every fucking kid who's ever taken a science class in high school has watched osmosis jones eight thousand times and that like whole premise is so interesting so cool plus the art style just looks like Nice and cartoony and I like it. However much I'm not a fan of like body horror, this looks just cartoony enough to not be gross. You know what I mean? Versus something like fucking Blasphemous is like, nah, that's gross, dude. That's <laughs> that's for real gross. You know what I mean? So yeah. I don't have much to say about Biogun because I haven't checked out the demo or anything, but it does look really, really cool. I'd highly fun. recommend at least popping over to the Steam page, checking it out looks interesting yeah. seems interesting
1: it, it looks like um looks like a very like cartoony hollow night but with a gun
0: ah just my fucking jam you know <laughs> it's like i'm excited for crow sworn why not just hop over play this pig yeah, run around again because silk be ain't sweet. never coming out uh speaking of the company's twitter and everything it's at biogun Games. super easy to find over on twitter but Big Josh, boy, we have shouted out some indies. So it is time to cap off this episode with our listener questions. Like I said, uh, if I would have put out that tweet earlier, we would have more. But you know what? Ryan wrote in uh, last week. I believe, and said something along the lines of like us being double his age. And I was like, how fucking old do you think we are? Like, I'm 26 years old. I don't know if you're like fucking 10, like writing into this podcast. Maybe you shouldn't be listening to this if you're that young, especially because I literally talked about gazing into my own butthole like 10 minutes ago. But Ryan wrote in about that and then listened to the episode and m- us being like, How fucking old do you think we are? And eventually, when he found out that I'm only 26 years old, decided, you know what? I got to delve into this. I got to get deep. So they said, okay, I've got another serious question. Vaughn, why are you so young, but so old at the same time?
1: You know what? It's a good question, though, because you are a fucking old man at heart.
0: Oh, yeah. For real. You know, like, I would like to say I was born this way. But I definitely wasn't, you know, is like, I feel like it might stem from the fact that I just got like when I was a kid, I was like left alone all the time because my parents had to work. Mm-hmm. Um, So I just kind of got comfortable with my own company and then because I didn't meet a whole bunch of different people and get, I I guess, experience all of these like acclimated to the different ways. Yeah. It didn't get (laughs) acclimated. I was, it shows fucking shuttered. Uh, just like hunkered down in my house. um, the, the second I would go into social situations, I would just hate people. You know what I mean? It's like I wasn't ready for it. People were too loud. They parked in front of my house. They took my mail. Like, they looked at my mail. You I know mean, what I mean? It's thing, like-,
1: like normal people shouldn't <laughs> be doing that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but why exactly am I so old? I would like to say it probably has something to do with my childhood. But in reality, I think I just have an old soul. You know what I mean? Like I'm excited for those days when I can just like fucking throw shit at kids being like, fuck you. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, that's, that's the good stuff. You are the embodiment of Scrooge. I am. Yeah. And also like, uh, you know what? Christmas is just too joyful. It's annoying. See, you know what I mean? There you go, baby. Ruin it. It's just fuck off. It's, it's literally just a hoax. You know, like, I hate to sound like Alex Jones, but like it's not Jesus's birthday. Y'all are fucking stupid. Like we're not playing this game is literally just to get pagans interested in Christmas or in Christianity. So y'all can fuck off Christmas blows. You know what I mean? Like big That's Joshua, it. he agrees and they look I at him. He's shaking his head. Don't. Yes. I've, That's nope, exactly how you not do at all. all. So, I hate <laughs> you.
1: I hate you so much. You fucking Scrooge.
0: Uh, so that is the end of this episode thanks everyone so much for listening Thank if you me. would like to chat with us outside of the show be sure to follow us at IndiePod over on Twitter you can follow me at Hyde Legion. that's H-Y-D-E-L-E-G-I-O-N and you can follow Josh at the underscore George90 it's like the Josh90 uh, but with an underscore and an R so it's like I feel like the way you changes just said it
1: makes it so much more confusing
0: <laughs> oh absolutely somebody out there is just like but like Okay, but how do you do it again? Um, but like, like, what is it? Like it's where? the underscore george90. There you go. Super so easy simple. to find. Uh, Got to go through our housekeeping one last time before we hop off. Please check out our developer interview with Flying Squirrel Entertainment. Uh, they're talking about their game Battle Cry of Freedom. That one is going live Wednesday, the 23rd of February. Head over to the IndiePod store over on Teespring. You can pick up some dope merch. Check out our YouTube channel. It's just IndiePod over on YouTube. You can watch these episodes, leave us reviews on any sites in which you could do so. Specifically, iTunes and Spotify helps us out a bunch. And lastly, thank you so much to all of our amazing patrons at $3 here or higher. If you give us any amount of time or any amount of your money, we absolutely love you for it. And we thank you sincerely, but made a blood pact, you know. Gotta thank these $3 patrons. Otherwise, I would hate to think of what will happen to me. I'd like to think it would just be something fun, like scabies. You know what I mean? But like in reality, I feel like it'll probably be like uh drag me to hell, you know, where I'll just be like in a lady's grave and or like at a bus station, some weird shit and just get dragged up by a bunch of creepy, like pubes, like emaciated arms. You know, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like, I don't want to fuck with that. So instead, I'm just going to read these names. I'm going to take that road uh, very much traveled, hopefully. Sure. Uh, so thank you so much to our newest patron, Surreal Sc. Thank you so much. Uh, but also thank you to Ryan, Ethan, a gamer for fun. John, his <laughs> job, Zach Durham, Chase Hopkins, Philip Renshaw, the Wombat Emperor of Australia, and Sam Philly from Canada. Thank you all so much. You are all so amazing. And we will talk to you all next week.